In the 1970s, a future top-notch podcasting team was born, and then raised on military bases because their dads were in the Air Force. These Gen Xers eventually grew up and were unleashed upon the world. Today, looking forward to retirement, they survive by dishing out their opinions. If you have questions that need answers and an open mind, if you can spare 60 minutes a week, and if you have internet access, maybe you can listen to Kenyatta and Jack Save the World. Greetings and salutations, cats and kittens. It's us again, your faves. We're here to save the world. As always, he is Jack. I am Kenyatta. Hi, Jack. Hey, Kenyatta. How are you today? Um, lovely day. It's good. It's good. It's good. I can't complain. And even if I did, eh. <laughs> Other than me, who, you know, who else would be really concerned? Well, you know, my mom's. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's we, true. We vent to each other on a regular basis. It's a thing. But, um. Like, really, in the end, what's it going to do? What's it going to do? Right. So I, I try to look on the bright side, and I carry on, and I um, I make fun of things in appropriate manner. So that's what I do. Like, here. That That is what we do. We are, uh, that's how we deal with things, is by making fun of it and mocking it. <laughs> so healthy. <laughs> right. I, I didn't say that it was the best way to handle it. <laughs> It's what we do. <laughs> it's just what our generation does. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I agree. I agree. It's, it's accepted. It's too late to go back now. Yeah. Yeah. We can't change it now. We're all too old and set in our ways. Pretty much. Pretty much. So, well, listening friends, you know why we're here. So um, we'll go ahead and get into it. Why not? That's right. We're going to dive right into the deep end. We're not even going to put our toes in to see if the water's warm. I'm going to jump in and I'm going to scream appropriately because the temperature was completely off. So exactly. Which is pretty much uh, an analogy for life, but you know, you know, I, I digress. <laughs> that is true. What do you, what do you have for us uh, this week? Well, in a, another incident of, it has been zero days since the state of Oklahoma and with the people in charge uh, yesterday was, State Employee Appreciation Day throughout the country, and Governor Kevin Stitt of Oklahoma, on the Tuesday before, issued an official state po- proclamation. And this thing is so bad, one almost has to think that it was done this bad on purpose, because somebody—I don't see how they could misspell the things that they misspelled otherwise. Because spell checker should have caught this. It's, uh, I'm going to zip through it real quick because this has to be heard. And then I'll, I'll read off the bad spelling errors for you. Whereas we are proud of Oklahoma state employees who step forward to deliver e I don't even know. E-F-F-C-I-E-N-C-S. Modernize. <laughs> well, that's what he was going Allegedly. for. <laughs> right. Modernize infrastructure. I meant I didn't know how to pronounce the misspelling. <laughs> Modernize infrastructure. Meet the needs of Oklahomans. Help our state become a customer-focused government. Simply put, state employees are the change agents and innovators 
working to help Oklahoma become a top 10 state and just randomly and whereas Oklahoma state employees preserve publy cell tea and the health of our citizens protect our clean air and water care for less fortunate members of society rehabilitate and cancel counsel people in need preserve our economic interest by attracting and supporting commerce bold and maintain our highways schools and other infrastructures administer justice protect citizens right care for victim of crimes inspect our food license our cars help educate our children make remarkable advances in medicine science and technology we handle a host of other essential responsibilities entrusted to them by the public and whereas the employees of capital o capital k lahoma perform their duties with professionalism compassion integrity without the eye and commitment to those they serve while continually seeking ways to deliver services effectively and use taxpayer resources efficiently and wisely and whereas it's my privilege to acknowledge the hard work of our state employees and express gratitude for their tremendous efforts sorry i read that wrong it is actually i oh it is just combined into one word and now, therefore, I, Governor J. Kevin Stitt, do hereby proclaim May 10, 2023, as State Employee Recognition Day. Um, that yeah. is the most horriblest thing in the world. Yeah, and that man's in charge of, you know, the state's education that he's trying to uh, keep in mind. Him and the superintendent of schools for the state of Oklahoma don't want to have federal funding for education because uh, they, you know, don't want the students to be indoctrinated indoctrinated yes that's the word i was looking for but you know maybe they could be indoctrinated on how to use spell check maybe maybe they could use federal funds for you know that uh here's the thing you don't have to know how to use spell check word it literally tells you what's wrong and suggests the most likely thing you can use to correct it Oh my, you are exactly right. They don't have to use federal funding to figure that out. It'll just happen. You can't tell me they're not using Word, okay? <laughs> Everybody uses Word. Yeah, no, they we use Word because that's, that's what we pay for. I mean, well, most people use Word because there are some people who are so anti-Microsoft, uh, they'd rather jump off a bridge, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah. It's not like it's something that you actively have to go do nowadays on any kind of document. Program. I know. So that's, this is, it's laughable. It's laughable and it's not. It's just, it's so disrespectful. Like, yeah. did, you, did you really think you were doing something? For, one, one has to wonder if it was on purpose. <laughs> I, I can't imagine <laughs> what, what, I can't imagine what the perceived outcome of this was supposed to be if it was done on purpose like who are you trying to make look bad it's not the employees i'll tell you that right it just makes the governor look dumb like just throw something in front of him and he'll sign it which means somebody needs to throw something in front of him with the pay raise for me i mean something do something that makes sense but i would like that one to be spelled correctly (laughs) i don't know i don't know i don't know if you really want to wish for that Honestly, it might turn out you get hit with more state taxes or some crazy shit. Right, right. 
the thing I don't understand about Oklahoma is between him and the superintendent dude is Oklahoma overwhelmingly votes Republican. Donald Trump won all 77 counties in Oklahoma. I know a lot of teachers. I would say 55% of them are Republican, if not a higher number. They all voted for Trump. Do they think that when they pull into the parking lot that they're like, well, time to take this Republican jacket off and put this Democrat leftist Marcus jacket on, you know, go and teach all day as a commie and then they leave at whatever time they leave and put their MAGA jacket back on. They're not indoctrinating nobody, you fools. No, I'm nobody's indoctrinating anybody regardless. I'm sure there are some that can't help but let their political beliefs inform their teaching. I'm sure there's some. Well, yeah, but... But to the extent that he would like people to believe, I don't think so. Yeah. Not, yeah. not, not either way. Not either yeah. way. But, but this here, this is good. That was garbage. Yeah. That was garbage. It's just like, my, my gosh, my dude, somebody needs to, I don't know, look that over before you actually, I don't know, print it off and sign it and have pictures taken holding it. But... At least we got donuts at work yesterday. There's that. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I, I feel bad. I feel bad for y'all. Like him, he just keeps it's like it's like a possessed version of the energizer bunny. He just keeps going and going and going. And yeah. You're gonna hold deeper and deeper and deeper. Thinking yeah. he's actually hurting somebody other than, you know, himself. Right. Well, you know, he's trying to catch up with Abbott and Costello. I mean, DeSantis. Abbott and Costello were actually funny. That's true. Ugh. Those yeah. two were like uh, Jerry Lewis and somebody. I don't know. Dumb and Dumber. Th- that's that's DeSantos and Abbott. And it's funny you mentioned Abbott. But anyway. <clears throat> yeah. But Does- it has to make you feel good being in Virginia, knowing that there are three states states that are easily, easily way worse than yours. I mean, in certain regards, yes. And I'm surprised, honestly, that more things have not happened yet. I guess we're all just sitting here twiddling our thumbs waiting for those shoe to drop. Because, <laughs> you know, Yunkin was touted as, you know, a Trump acolyte. So we were just like waiting for some, some real nonsense. And he's done like fair to middling nonsense so far. So we're just like... Okay, just let's get it over with so we can talk about it. Come on. <laughs> right? I'm yeah. sure he'll be MAGA again at the next election. So don't worry. I'm, sh- I'm sure. I'm sure. Ugh. Ugh. That's just, they could have kept that proclamation. They could have kept it. <laughs> right? And just, you the, know. Just giving y'all the donuts had been done. That would have been fine. Yeah, because that was my agency director that bought the donuts, not the state. They wouldn't do that anyway. So we would have got the donuts probably anyway. That's what I'm saying. That to me, that sounds like a better deal all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. That's just that's sadness. That's that's like poor homeless wet doggy sadness. Just just like uh, those awful those awful uh pet shelter videos. It's sadder than that. And that's saying a lot. That's just right. Woo. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. They just did it. So someone came up at the last minute and said, hey, you know what tomorrow is? <gasps> oh, shit. Hey, go find that template that we used uh, back in uh, back in uh, 2018 or whatever. 
It's so sad. Yeah. Very sad. I mean, it would have been better if they just would have, like, I don't know, used emojis or something. Something. Yeah, like a whole, like a whole proclamation of nothing but emojis. That would have went over better. It, it would have, because at least that would have been somewhat comical. This is, this is comical and sad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But More anyway, sad. that's that's my WTF and uh, you know, just lovely. What's yours today? Mine is the follow-up to a very little nasty um court case that just got decided in Texas. And you know, as soon as we say Texas or Florida, it's gonna be some shit. So here we go. The incident actually occurred back in July of 2020. And this was during the, this was post George Floyd when most major cities across the country um, were having protests uh, surrounding his murder. And one of those protests took place in downtown Austin, Texas. Apparently what happened was a guy by the name of Daniel Perry was Uber driving and had just dropped somebody off in the area nearby and he made a turn and came upon the protesters. He claims to have been driving through when one of the protesters who was legally carrying an AK-47 no less, but legally carrying a gun, a fella by the name of Garrett Foster approached the car. And according to Perry, Foster raised the gun and pointed it at him. Perry took his own gun and shot him. And Perry said, he raised his rifle at me. I felt threatened. Witnesses nearby said that didn't happen. Nonetheless, the the man finally went on trial and was sentenced uh, just the other day to 25 years in prison. He was charged, uh, I believe, on second degree murder, I believe. Anyway, so apparently the jurors just deliberated for about 17 hours before they convicted him of murder. And Texas' beloved governor, Greg Abbott, is going to pardon this man. Right. I mean. Where? How? Why? 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 Uh, hmm. Hmm. I, I, I wonder why, why he would do that. Let's add to that some mitigating information regarding the now convicted murderer. Apparently, he had been making racist and threatening comments on social media and in text messaging. His defense attorneys also claimed that he had been diagnosed with PTSD and autism. Well, um, as somebody who's been diagnosed with PTSD and has known several people that are diagnosed with PTSD, strangely enough, that didn't make any of them racist or, you know, Plansmen. I am over hearing that being used as an excuse for people acting out. Because this is not the first time I've heard yeah. people try to try to use um, different kind of diagnosis to explain away their biases and racism and whatever whatever other foul behaviors they choose to indulge in. This is not the first time. And I'm sick yeah. of hearing it. I am too. Because just like you said, that doesn't make you that. It exasperates what you already feel. Right. And maybe, and maybe, and maybe he was, maybe he is diagnosed autistic. Maybe he does have trouble, you know, 
interacting and reading social cues, but I'm not sure how that's supposed to be interpreted in his defense. What he misinterpreted the man that was approaching him with the gun and and thought the guy was going to shoot him. Why? Because of the context in which this man was holding a rifle. You you believe because this other guy was in the middle of a protest that he must be doing something violent. And also (laughs) on that note, Mm-hmm. Doesn't that also sort of imply then that maybe people walking around with guns just openly carrying isn't like the greatest thing that the 2A people say it is? Because it scared this man enough that he, you know, we know that it's bullshit. It's just mm-hmm. his excuse. But you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, being autistic does not make you racist. Having PTSD does not make you racist. Being racist makes you racist. I mean, I'm I'm thinking that's the only thing that makes you racist. Cause and effect. You are because you are. If you yeah. have any of those other kinds of um, issues, yes, that can exasperate how you feel. But you've always felt that way to an extent. Yeah. So I'm I'm sick and tired and over people trying to use that as a defense, even if they weren't on trial for murder. Even if they were just caught on video behaving badly at the Starbucks. I don't want to hear that shit anymore. I'm I'm with you on that. I am I am completely with you on that. And let me just go further without being specific. <clears throat> I'm tired of you people using that as an excuse to behave badly. Period. Yes. Right. There's that. I'm going to leave it there. But yeah. That's my WTF that that Governor Abbott has decided, I guess, to make an example out of this man and, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse him and say, this man didn't do anything wrong. He was defending himself. Huh? How? Okay. Right. Yeah. Now, how many times have you heard of this of a governor actually pardoning somebody who's just been convicted of murder? This is not. I I can't think of a time. Yeah, I can't think of a time. He's, that, he's making a point by doing it for this guy. Right. And the ironic thing is, I believe it was 1908, sometime before 1920. Don't quote me on that part. Uh, the Supreme Court had a ruling that was about pardons and accepting pardons. And basically, the ruling was that by accepting a pardon from either a governor or a president, you are implying that you are agreeing and accepting the fact that you are indeed guilty of whatever it was you were accused of. Correct. The pardon doesn't make you innocent. You are actually saying I am guilty. And because there'd be nothing to be pardoned for if you didn't do anything. <gasps> That's a novel concept. Yep. As, ja- as Jack sips his beverage. <laughs> yep. Drinking that agua. Indeed. Cause you know, Saving the world is thirsty work. It um, really is. And we talk a lot. <laughs> also that. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that story is actually stuck in the back of my throat for a couple of weeks now. Because because Abbott actually announced he was going to do this a while ago before they even brought the sentence in. He said yeah. he was going to do it if they found this man guilty. And I'm like, <laughs> you, you're not fooling anybody with your reasons why. You're not. And if you're going to do that before a judgment or a verdict even comes down, you're just really defeating the purpose of courts. 
right? If he was innocent, then he can appeal and he can go through the appeals process. Mm -hmm. But you don't announce that you're going to pardon somebody before they've done the thing or before the conviction comes down, I mean. Sure. And sure. so, you know, yeah. Uh, does Texas have, do you know if Texas has a, uh, a term limit on governors? I do not know. Because I know that Abbott's at least in his second term. And I was just hoping that maybe we would be done with him. But then I remembered who the vice, the vice president, the lieutenant governor of Texas is. He might actually be worse than Abbott. Dan Patrick, not the sports announcer, Dan Patrick. Hmm. A whole different Dan Patrick, a way worse Dan Patrick. And he is probably worse than Abbott, believe it or not. So that is hard to stomach. And I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it, but I just, I, yet again, and I, I have a feeling we're going to be saying this for the better part of the year. Yet again, we're watching political power be weaponized. I'm yeah. doing, I'm doing this to throw this back in y'all's faces. Yeah. You know, just, ugh. I'm, I'm literally making this man's death an example of what I think about all of this. Yeah. Never mind whatever reasons the guy that did it said he had. He's the one going to prison, not Abbott. Right. And or, you know, Abbott says he'll pardon him, whatever, whatever, what have you. But I guarantee Abbott's reasons for him not wanting to go to jail are completely different. Oh, he's just doing it to prove a point. He could Oh yeah. He doesn't care about the guy that or the person that died. He doesn't care about this guy. He's just doing it to make whatever point it is he's thinking he's making. But what this fool doesn't seem to be thinking about is the next time there's some sort of protest and we'll just say that Black Lives Matter is involved, he basically just gave people just like this guy horrible, awful, pathetic, weasley, greasy, racist people permission to go and do the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's all he's doing. Yeah. Because if it, if it, if, you know, you had your boy Rittenhouse get away with it last year. Now you got this because we have not we have not necessarily seen a whole lot of people get charged with murder because we haven't this hasn't been with all the protests that have been happening in 2020. Thank goodness we didn't see more of this happening. The fact that anybody got, you know, killed in the midst of protesting was horrible enough. But we didn't necessarily see a whole lot of people get arrested and brought to trial for killing people no. or protesters claiming they felt threatened. I'll put it that way. So yeah. I'm just like, what's next? What's next? Who's going to get a pardon? Who's going to get martyred next, basically? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's I'm a sick and tired of shit like this as, you know, as a white person. I can't imagine. Well, I mean, I. I can't imagine, but at the same time, I can't imagine of what it's like, um, you know, from your perspective, where obviously I don't know sort of the time frame or age that you were that you started picking up on sort of things like this. But I, I can't Im It's got to be way, way, way worse for you than it is for me, right? <laughs> because you come, your perspective is from the side of the people that the racists are racist towards, right? I at least have the advantage of 
or not, you know what I mean, of the racist people not looking at me that way. But you also have the advantage of is those racist people freely saying all their racism. Right. I guess. In other other words, you kind of get to be the fly on the wall. And you get to hear all the things that these people would not say in mixed company. And you have the opportunity to call them on it. That is also true. Most people that feel like this, that are just average citizens and don't, let's say, have a national talk show or host a quote-unquote news program, people that don't have the public ear that are just John and Jane Q. Publics, they don't go on on a regular basis spouting this stuff, not it, not face-to-face with someone. They'll get on the internet, on social media, and in, right. in you know, comment rooms and spout dumb stuff. Right, but when you're, you're a keyboard warrior. Right, where there's no threat to you whatsoever. There's no repercussions. Most of these people wouldn't get up in public and stand up in the middle of a crowded room. No. And say, black people are this, this, that, the third, or Asian folks. They wouldn't say it. They wouldn't dare say it. Because fundamentally, they're cowards. Yeah, that that's why, you know, the Klan wore masks or hoods or whatever the hell those things were. Because you don't want... Yeah, you're all big and powerful when no one knows who you are. Mm-hmm. When there's no possible way to connect any repercussions to your actions because nobody knows who to attribute it to. So, no. yeah, it's all well and good when you do it. So the thing but, of it is, and I'm not trying to get too far off the rails, but this is why when non-racist white folks are in the room with clearly racist white folks or racist whoever, and they hear something disrespectful being said about another group this is why them pushing back is that much more effective right if it makes sense no it makes sense because you're it's easy to dismiss cries of racism from the group of people that you're being racist towards right because you're already thinking of them as less than and other right yeah so it's easy to dismiss when that person's like man that's racist that's not racist because you dismissed already you're not looking at that person as an equal to you mm-hmm. but when you know when the white person's like you know that's racist you don't need to talk like that that's awful and i'm not gonna put up with it then it and then you know jim bob is like oh yes that's the thing so anytime i hear and it's generally it usually comes from well-meaning white folks and i i say that with no disrespect whatsoever but when those folks tend to say everybody needs to be on the conversation about what to do about racism, black folks, white folks, Asians, Latinos, everybody needs to be on the conversation. No, we don't because we didn't start it. And everybody kind of dismisses anytime any one of us says that we have been offended about something. Just like you said. Right. Well, so you no. need to have thicker skin. I oh, know, it, right? I, they were just joking. They mm. were just joking when they mm-hmm. said that. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's always been my my pushback every time I hear that argument that everybody needs to be involved in this conversation. No, we don't. We do not. Because as far as my folks are concerned, we didn't ask to come over here. A lot right. of the other people came over here voluntarily and then find out what they got when they got here. Whoa, wait a minute. Hold on. Because I've I've heard, not personally, but like I've seen, you know, certain news shows and interviews where they'll talk to people who aren't American born who either come for a brief amount of time or actually immigrate and said they had never really seen racism at that level until they got here. Yeah. Not to say that they didn't have it when they were from 
but they got here and they were like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I just, there are parts of me that are just like, how the, how have we not moved this? Like at your Mm -hmm. fundamental core, Mm -hmm. right? The fundamental core of your being, how does this thought pattern still exist? I don't understand it. I don't understand it either. And it's just so, and obviously, you know, there are other marginalized communities that are getting shit on as well. But mm-hmm. um, I just, it's all just so stupid. And it it ties in <laughs> with what we're about to talk about. It, it does. Because we are all, especially in the U.S., um, and Brazil, that's it's a, Brazil is another country that has a large sort of genetic mix. But in the U.S., we are all a pretty, you know, diverse group of people genetically that have come together and really kind of formed a almost, you know, our own almost group of people in a way we because are we're all so intermixed. Group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like compare us to, to you know, Chinese. They don't, they don't tolerate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're that's just, that's just their cult their custom they tend chinese folks tend to marry chinese folks that's that's the way it is but in our case though here because we've got so many different like you said cultures and ethnic backgrounds and things of that nature we can't help but to be i don't want to call it a stew per se not a gumbo we can't help but be like jumbled like legos like we're all disparate pieces but put together it actually makes something yeah, and I'm sorry, you know, you slimy racist people. <laughs> I I hate to break it to you, but in a hundred years, you probably wouldn't be able to recognize sort of the makeup of the U.S. because we're going to just be all things mixed together. Yeah, likely. You know, just likely. one big, one big cookie. And you have stated in one sentence the greatest fear of the, those particular white folks that they will somehow that, become extinct. But you'll be dead, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in there, your genealogical pattern will have been handed down in some form or fashion. So calm down. Yeah. Calm someone down. will, if you've had kids, someone out there will still, and they have kids and they have kids, someone will still have your, your DNA. Somewhere. And the it, truth of the matter is four generations down, they only have like an eighth of your DNA anyway. So what is it? Whether they're, you know, the same race the entire time, your DNA gets watered down so much four or five generations down the line anyway. So what does it matter? The other, you know, 82% is or whatever, right? Yeah. And I guess, I guess they want to be able to say, that they they still want to recognize the majority of folks in this country as unambiguously white or unambiguously right European, I guess. Yeah, um, maybe we, we might as we, well just segue into what we were talking about. We might as well because it's going right there. It's right there. It's like two feet away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we can reach out and touch it. Uh, so just real quick, both Kenyatta and I have done. Uh, you know the DNA test, twenty three and Me, whichever one it was we did. I don't, I don't remember which one I did. And we were going to talk about um, our ancestry through our DNA test, and it just 
these things sort of tied in together. So we might as well just sort of move on into that because it is related to what we were talking about. So we did that really good though. I give ourselves a pat on the back. That was very professional. It was fantastical. <laughs> yep. Yep. Now that being said that in the U S we're all pretty much a mixture of a bunch of stuff. Uh, my DNS DNA test proved though, that I am exceedingly Caucasian. <laughs> Which means what? I am 99.5% European. I have up I have 0.5% that is Persian. No, I want I want to see numbers. I want to I want to hear the breakdown. What's the breakdown? So breakdown? I am 40%, I'm sorry. Yeah, 40% uh British Isles. I am 20% Scandinavian, 20% Irish, and then um 15% French, 4.5% Dutch, and then the 0.5% Persian. Yeah, you weren't lying. <laughs> you were not lying. But it's always good to hear the actual breakdown, even though we're talking, you know, we are talking about European countries. I just wanted to hear the actual breakdown. That's pretty yeah. neat. But the Scandinavian <clears throat> part makes sense since, you know, and the Dutch part, because Scandinavian Dutch were Vikings that went to the British Isles at different times and became quite friendly with the local population. So that all makes sense. <laughs> well, couldn't it, no, couldn't it have been that? Because from what I understand, Vikings could have been any ethnic background. That is true. Um, so it, people it did been, become Viking. Yeah. But with it being so much of the British Isles and Ireland, and then knowing sort of the pattern of um, like the Dutch came first and then uh, which is sort of a weird thing because the Irish and the Scotti, which took over Scotland were kind of coming into the British Isles and the British population couldn't necessarily stop them and so they reached out to the Dutch and they were like hey why don't y'all come and help us and then the Dutch were like yeah fine and then they stayed mm -hmm. <laughs> and then um Scandinavian Vikings then came later and they stayed and some of them did leave, but they stayed. And then obviously France and, you know, the British Isles went back and forth on that, you know, frequently anyway. So mm. it's the Persian one that I'm, I kind of find interesting because it's such a small amount. That is interesting. Hmm. Hmm. And it's just, such a far distance away from you know, the British Isles in Northern Europe. <laughs> if it would have been like Turkey, that almost would have made more sense to me just because, you know, it's another, it's a thousand miles less from Persia, <laughs> you know, modern day Iran. True. But I bet, I bet if you, if you took probably a great amount of time and dug into history, which you like, you could probably find some, some connection of how that would have happened. Yeah. But that is interesting though. One of the sort of amazing things that I only really sort of picked up on has been like in the last 10 years or so is, you know, the Celtic people were sort of in that eastern part of France in northern Europe up above Rome and Greece and all of that. That was all like Celtic people. Mm -hmm. And then they immigrated into Spain, Ireland and the British Isles. In the Isle of Man. Mm -hmm. And that's where the Gaelic language came from, was the Celts. 
But they also, another group of them immigrated to Turkey. And mm. um, the biblical book Galatians mm. oh, was okay. sent to a town called Galatia, which was made up of Celts that instead of going west and south like the other Celts did, they went and took over a chunk of Turkey. <laughs> hmm. And so when in the Bible, when you're reading anything from Galatians, that book was written to Celtic people, which is interesting. And it makes sense. And it was right there, obvious in front of my face the entire time. I was just too dumb to, to realize that those were the same people. It's not, no, it's not necessarily it being dumb. It's just something you didn't know at that point. Now you know. Yeah, I, I find that fascinating. It is. It is. But yeah, I just, I'm not going to lie. I'm not the biggest, biggest fan of history or, you know, the countries. That sounds absolutely ridiculous coming out of my mouth, but it's true. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but that is that is fascinating to go way, way back and to, to talk about how different groups became how they are. You know, in, in like an example of it is this whole, I don't know if you've heard, there's a, like a, a documentary that's coming on Netflix about um, Cleopatra. Yes, and I've heard of that. You've heard. And the actress they have playing her is distinctly melanated. And right. there's a whole big stink going around the social medias about it because her ethnic background was Greek. Yes. But... And I don't know how true it is because I really haven't dug into it or whatever. But there was some speak about how at that time she may have had other other bits of other ethnicities that contributed to her possibly being a little bit more melanated than right. widely depicted. So Cleopatra was the first uh, of the Ptolemaic pharaohs that spoke Egyptian. Yeah. And that's the thing. When you think about Egyptians... Egyptian, even though Egypt obviously is in Africa, Egyptians do not look like Nigerians. No. no. But Turkey's no, there, right there's there. There's a line. Yeah. Yeah. Turkey's right there. Yeah. So you have to factor in the fact that you have those peoples. Somewhere in the middle, these peoples met and populated that region in Northern Africa. So, and I'm not trying to confuse my damn self, but I know that factor's in there somewhere. Yeah. So like when you think about how people migrated, either willingly or if they were brought there, let's say, in war, as prisoners of war or just combatants or whatever the case may be, or went to this place as explorers or colonizers, what have you. There's a whole lot of reasons why all these ethnicities are all over the place in the places you wouldn't necessarily expect. So, yeah, yeah. It's genetic admixture is a whole interesting thing, and mm -hmm. people migrate and move and I think some of that is that humans innately have a, a wandering spirit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We always want to see what's down the road, you know, what's on the other side of that hill, what's on the other side of that mountain. What's um, in the deep blue sea? What's the yeah. stars? Yeah. And, and, you know, stuff like that frequently happened, you know, Europe was at one point full of Celtic people and the Romans put a stop to a good chunk of that. And then the Germanic tribes moved down and they put a stop to that. And before you knew it, the only place that had Celtic people was a small part of Spain and Ireland and the British Isles. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the yeah. Celtic people were absorbed, either killed or absorbed into the Germanic tribes. 
happened to my happens all the time. <laughs> this is gonna be like off kilter. This is where our pop culture moment comes in. Did you ever see everything everywhere all at once? No. Oh my god. It's a fantastic movie. It's like a weird surrealistic fever dream, but it's so good. And there's <clears throat> part of the premise is multiverses. Okay. And this is, like when it came out last year, everybody was like, this is what Dr. Strange should have been anyway, but it has to do with multiverses and like the main character, um, as it through multiverses is, is a different kind of person with different life experiences in all these parallel universes. And one of the universes, human beings had hot dog fingers and did everything with their feet. And they show like a real brief snippet explaining how this universe came to be because they went all the way back to when, you know, humanoids first walked on two legs. And it was just a matter of survival of the fittest. Like all of the humanoids that had like regular digits were killed off by the hot dog finger humanoids. And that's how it <laughs> happened. And it showed it like, boom, this is how it happened. And now, you know, thousands of years later, humans have hot dog hot fingers. Hot dog fingers. <laughs> Absolutely bananas. And I busted out laughing like, just like the truest thing in the world. It's just a matter of what survived and what didn't as to what we're looking at right now. Yeah. And a lot of times it's who was able to organize their armies mm-hmm. more efficiently mm-hmm. and who had the better technology. So you mm-hmm. could, if you had chariots and a well-organized infantry and chariot force, you could go and fight an army that was three times larger than yours, but because you had chariots and they didn't, you pretty much won that fight. It's the same thing as U.S. tanks, the M1 Abrams, is way better than the tanks of those that we go against. So we can have 10 M1 Abrams and we can take out 100 tanks from the other guys because that's, you know, how much better our technology is and we're better organized and we're better trained. The military has always been that way. And it it has to do with technology. It also has to do a lot with where you're fighting at. Like, are you native to the land that you're fighting in? Well, then you understand how you use nature to your advantage. It's like fighting in the desert and your army has camels. The opposing army has horses. Guess what? (laughs) Yeah. So it's all of that. It's technology. It's what's already there. It's taking advantage of all these things around you. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes you get hot dog fingers. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's. And then also, if you have this invading group that's coming in and they're, you know, well-organized and have better technology, you also have to factor in that if you have two different groups of people in an area, you know, 100 miles apart, but they hate each other, that makes it easier for the invaders to come in and because you have two groups that won't come together to fight. Mm -hmm. So that's just human history. Humans, man. How do we make it so long? I exactly <laughs> we're we're dicks <laughs> also to quote um to quote that genius in that classic book the princess bride never get into a land war in asia yeah so, i mean that. true words have never been spoken <laughs> but so anyway we discussed my ad mixture and we have established you know what what we both knew 
you were white, white, and more white, and also white. <laughs> and white. And then a little okay. teeny tiny bit. Not white. Interesting. <laughs> but yes. what is what is your <laughs> admixture? Because I have a feeling that it's probably a little more diverse than mine. Maybe. Um, I am, and this was as of I did mine through Ancestry. Um, I did, I think I did mine shoot five, six years ago. And so Ancestry like regularly updates right. the results. So my most recent update, I think, was oh last year. And at that point, they said I am 29% England and Northwestern Europe, European, mm-hmm. 20% Nigerian, mm-hmm. 12% Benin and Togo, 12% Cameroon, Congo, and Western Bantu, 8% Ivory Coast and Ghana, 6% Mali, 6% Irish, 4% Senegalese, 2% Norwegian, and one little bitty bitty 1% Indigenous America's North, which is probably most likely uh, Indigenous or Native. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've heard the stories on my dad's side of the family that way. It's, it's there. It's small, but it's there. So, yeah. Yeah, that's me. And interesting enough, and I told my mom this because I, I did mine years ago, and then I finally got tests for my mom and my daughter a couple of years ago and found out that the Irish is from her side. She was like, huh? I said, I know, right? <laughs> like what? She's like, who is what? Yes, yes, yes. That's what happened. That is what happened. And then they break it down even further on ancestry to what's called DNA communities. Right. As far as um, where my ancestors most likely came from. And they kind of nailed it as far as on my mom's side because they've got... Um, an area down there, Mississippi, Louisiana, which makes perfect sense. And it's mm-hmm. connected to people from Ivory Coast and Ghana, Nigeria, Cameroon, Congo, and Western Bantu. And then they've got New Jersey and Eastern Pennsylvania sellers, which kind of matches up to where my dad is from, hmm. which is uh, connected to the England and Northwestern European right. areas, which is a lot because he has, he actually has more England and Western, uh, Northwestern European than I do. So right. I yeah. tease him about it every now and then. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, that makes, that makes sense for the, the, the stories that I've, I've heard and been able to put together from like both sides of the family. It makes sense as far as where all my people are from, but it's yeah. interesting that they've got Virginia is one of the regions. Hmm. connected well, to yeah. That, yeah but that's the thing as far as i know none of my people are from virginia they were all new, new jersey new york right and then mississippi it's wild i know that some of my mother's folks travel north during um the latter half of the great migration up to chicago right but um that's as that's as far out as I I, I I know about them going. So I think it was kind of interesting to hear that Virginia was tied in there too. I was like, what is someone telling me? Yeah, that someone hasn't told me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I found that really fascinating, especially now that um, 
ancestry has got they like adding all they like to add all the new features all the time and so they showed me how much i inherited from my mother's side and how much right. from my dad since both of them have test results now that's the cool thing that ancestry does better than a lot of the other ones is mm -hmm. the more people that do ancestry the better sample size they have and they do update it a lot more frequently than some of the other uh, dna testing does mm -hmm. so yeah yeah. I just had to, because uh, I started doubting my geography skills, so I had to pull up a map of Africa mm -hmm. as you were talking. So you said Cameroon, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you said Nigeria? Mm-hmm. Okay, those are next-door neighbors. Mm-hmm. And what was the other? Did you um, say Did you say Senegal? Yes. Ah, wow. Okay. And the Ivory Coast in Ghana. And then Cameroon, okay. Congo, in the Western Bantu, and Benin. Okay. So they're all roughly near each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's really, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. So if you add those up, <laughs> even though, even though it's, 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 it's feasibly, it's not supposed to be correct adding up because they're all distinct countries, but let's see, 32, 44. 50, 56. So roughly 50, no, 60% total comes from African countries. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I think I walked around for like two weeks after that, like, I'm black, y'all. <laughs> like, the, like the fool that I am. <laughs> but it was really, it was fascinating to see those results. And like I said, they started bringing in you know, comparing it to your parents if they've tested. Right. Because, of course, I compared to my dad for, like, the longest. And then my mom took hers. And then they were like, look, you get each of this from, you know, each parent, blah, blah, blah. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Hold on. I did not know this. I am shocked. Not entirely, but somewhere. Right. And then to see, like, the absolute plethora of first and second and third and fourth and fifth cousins. I'm like, how many of us are there? out there <laughs> right yeah yeah Ooh. no there have been though lots of people that because of ancestry you know have found all sorts of family members that they didn't know they had and it turns out that you know the silent generation and the greatest generation uh, they had a lot of kids out of wedlock i mean you know hey and people are discovering that now with dna tests Mm -hmm. And um, as I'm looking at this map of Africa, uh, you might want to pull it up because Gambia is the oddest shaped country I have ever seen in my life. Gambia. Like half of it looks like a colon, the organ, not the punctuation. Yes. Interesting. I don't know if you're pulling that up, but it's, uh, it is an odd shaped country. Let's see. Because I did actually put it out in the atmosphere that it was my goal to to try to learn all of the African countries. So I, I best get started. Um, yeah. Which country did you say? Gambia, just south of Senegal. Do, 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 do. Uh, oh. See what I'm talking about? <laughs> all right. <laughs> Isn't that a strangely shaped country? Hmm. Interesting. It would be interesting to know why it has the the borders that it has 
I'm interested in why any country has the borders that it has. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of times there's a river in between that makes it easy or True. the Middle East, you know, a bunch of British generals divvied it up. Yes. Um, no, and even parts of Africa initially were divvied up by, you know, Europeans as well without putting any sort of thought into the actual peoples that lived there. Oh, no, but, of course not. But yeah, Gambia just has an odd shape. Interesting. It's like half of it is nothing but straight lines, and then the other half is not. Go figure. And, and you're right. It's It was nothing more than colonizers coming in and divvying it up according to usually natural resources. Oh, I bet I figured it out. What's that? It is the shape of a, it is basically the shape of a river. The Gambi River Hmm, runs, if you go and zoom in, like smack dab through the middle of Gambia. It's literally like a country around this river. So I guess that, Upon zooming in, that makes perfect sense, and I probably don't need to go any further. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, see how like there's that river just right in the center of it? And it's actually called the Cambia, interestingly enough. Yeah, it's like the Ohio State University. And a matter of fact, it actually runs through the middle of Senegal. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, this, this requires further examination. Yeah, this is what happens when, you know... Kenyatta and I just get to talk and we go off on these little things and we just discover all sorts of nifty little things. We do. We do. We do. But yes, I am. I still have it on my to-do list just because I can and I want to. I'm going to learn the countries. Now, the real feat will be actually locating them on the map. Right. But the very least, I want to get all the names. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't blame you. Because I tried that, I tried that quiz where that they give the fifth graders and give you a, the U.S. map and say name the states. Right. <laughs> I always forget the same ten states. <laughs> like, damn it! Oh, I'm good on the East Coast all the way up till Maine, and of course the West Coast is a cinch in the South, and then you get into the Midwest and the flyover states. I'm like, mm, Ohio. Ish, <laughs> right? Where that? I guess it would yeah. be helpful if I learn. I guess it would be helpful if I learn the uh, the states in this country as well, just for kicks. I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah. But um, look at us going on world travels. <laughs> I know we're just all sorts of crazy. I know it. One thing I do, I did like about ancestry, and I think this might have been just recent that they added it. But um, ever since they released the results of the 1950 census, that they will upload hints from the census into mm-hmm. any information that you've put in ancestry, like on your family tree. Right. I've been coming up with hints for the better part of since like last summer. Every time I turn around, you have a hint from the census. You have a hint. I was like, oh my gosh, what? All these people I know. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that's been wild, and I'll, I have not I'll, had the time to sit down and fill out anything for a long time. But yeah, it's it can be a lot though, because it's sometimes it's hard to keep up with that kind of stuff, you know, keeping it accurate and whatnot. Yeah, it really is. But it's fun when you get into it. 
because you're actually seeing on paper, even if like you were able to know them during life. But if you weren't able to, it's it's so neat to actually see them on paper saying they're right here. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll get to it. One of the as I'm looking at this map of Africa, I'm I have such a bad thing. There's there's something called um, like language bias slash sort of um, alphabet bias. Whatever language you grow up in, when you see a certain letter, you assume that it makes the sound that it makes in your language, right? Oh, yeah. So a B makes a D sound. And so we all have this to a certain extent. Some people, it's not as much, and they're able to get past it. And that's why, as adults, they can learn languages easier than other folks. Mm -hmm. I have it really, really bad and it bothers me because as I'm looking at this map and it has all of the names of like these various cities throughout these countries in Africa, mm -hmm. I know that I am no, I'm looking at them and I am not, wouldn't pronounce them correctly because of my English language bias. And so I'm like looking at some of these and I'm like, oh, I wish I knew how the, the actual sound that that letter would make in that language so that I could say the name of the city correctly. You can do that easy. Google is like, I well, yeah for the, the Google Vogel thing. How do you pronounce right. this? And you know what I found too, that ended up being unintentionally educational. Um, Cause I don't, I don't do audiobooks that often. Right. But um, some months ago, there was a book I wanted to read that was the author is uh, Nigerian mm -hmm. and it was about Nigerian immigrants to the U S uh, where the main character is a Nigerian immigrant. But um, a lot of the story does take place in Nigeria. And even though the characters speak English, they obviously speak with accent right. So to hear. And the person that was doing the audio book reading nailed the accent. So it was so much easier for me to understand how to pronounce like the characters' names and then right. what kind of inflection they put on English words when they spoke them. That was like the most unintentionally helpful thing I think I had ever I had ever listened to in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it kind of addressed exactly what you were talking about, where we would see a letter or a certain set of letters and think it goes this way. But depending on pronunciation and some accent or dialect it sounds different coming from somebody else yeah and not only that too in a lot of languages you know their alphabet might be 30 characters and we'll look at a word like there's a city in this one of course i'm zoomed in too far and it's spelled n-s-o-m-e-s-s-o-k but i promise you it's not pronounced in some you know, in Sumzoak or something like that. That is in, uh, hang on, scrolling out, scrolling out, scrolling out, really scrolling out. It's in Cameroon towards the south, kind of in a little south of Yaoundé. I have to look into that. And, well, for example, I know that like um, Gaelic doesn't have the letter V. So mm. two consonants together make the V sound. Where that gets ridiculous is the fact that um, it's not the same letters that make the V sound in the same part of the word. So that's annoying as shit. And that's so good. I'm wondering, like, in this case, does the NS, is that its own letter? You know what I mean? 
it, it could it could be it could be just the it's it's pronounced together and it just makes a different kind of sound. Yeah, than it, what it looks like. Like Djibouti is DJ, when the but D is the D is silent. Yeah, and so <laughs> I hate it when that happens. <laughs> I'm That's sorry. what she said. Woo, listening friends, pardon me. <laughs> but yeah, it, and it's just that you know. Yeah, you can go and look in how to pronounce it and do stuff like that. But just sort of scrolling on a map like this, I wish that my brain had the ability to, of course, I, you know, to just sort of figure out how to actually pronounce it and not sound like a douche. Well, here's the thing. You're not a, you're not a cyborg, so you don't have to know it automatically. And that is true. Google is your friend. Go look it up and get back yeah. to me. I on the other friend. hand. You At least I actually care. That's the thing. And I bet you'll find out you're closer than what you thought you were. Yeah. Like, like you said, like in Spanish, for instance, the double L sounds yeah. like this or the J sounds like this. So, yeah, it's, I guess it's dictated by a whole bunch of things. Yeah. And, you know, at least I, I guess care enough to want to pronounce it correctly versus, the typical American that, you know, well, it's not English. Speaking of which, I saw this little blurb on um, Joanne Reed's uh, Instagram. I love Joanne. And it was a, an excerpt. I think it was like a British talk show where the host was a white woman and she had a, a doctor. Um, and I, I, I guess I missed the part where they said what country she was from. But um the host was introducing the woman. She says, doctor says her first name and she had a hyphenated last name. And the, the, the second half of her last name was multi had multi multiple uh, syllables. The mm-hmm. host couldn't pronounce it. She's like, how do you say it? And the lady was like, sound it out phonetically. And the host was like, well, can I just call you? She said, no, say my last name. And the comments on this post were ridiculous. She went all Heisenberg on her. <laughs> Sorry. I, it Same really name. was. <laughs> like, it really could. And I've seen that happen. Or I've, I've seen that same thing come up so often. It's come up for me where people just can't be bothered trying to pronounce my name right, even though it sounds like it's spelled. That's not hard. Yeah. I, I get a touch of that. It is amazing how many people cannot pronounce Robertson. <laughs> I'm like, that is literally not difficult. If you can pronounce Robert, and if you can pronounce son, you can bind them together to form one mega word. But see, the trick is, is that my first name is not, I don't know if you want to classify it, any kind of name is American per se, because nothing is really American. But it's obviously... I won't even say foreign. I don't. I don't want to. I want to minimize the, the importance of my name per se, not just because it's mine, but just because it means something. But you can look at it and break it up in syllables and pronounce it. And people yeah, insist yeah. on people insist on saying Kenyatta. There's no. There's no. There's one A, and that's the very end. It's not Y A. It's Y E, and I'm like, why do people insist? Not only do they insist on saying it wrong, they insist on spelling it wrong. 
Your I'm name like, is easy. It's literally Ken, K-E-N. I think we've all met a Ken somewhere in our life, I right? Think so. There's the word yet that comes next, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yet the sky was blue, right? And then ta. That's it. And yet ta. It's very easy. But people, and I hear all the time, not, not necessarily in my cases, I haven't had anybody brave enough to try to minimize when I tell them it's important that they pronounce my name right. No one has been that bold. But I've seen people do it to other folks that have names a little bit more intricate than mine. And they'll be like, oh, can I, you have a nickname or can I just call you? No. If you can learn how to pronounce Tchaikovsky, Right. You can learn to pronounce this name. If I can pronounce, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Something. You know, Palpatine. Something. I could probably figure out and take the time to show somebody the respect to pronounce their name correctly. Basically. And the point that a lot of people were making in the comments on this video clip was that the host, if she was a good host, would have found out how to pronounce this woman's name Beforehand? before you ever went on the air. Yeah. But no, you want to be a goofball and get on the air. How do you say it again? Get, 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 get. And the lady was like, sound it out phonetically. And that's all you had to do. And when I saw the woman's name, I sat there and sounded out it phonetically. I was like, oh, okay. Now, why is this woman falling all over herself? Trying right. to be like, what well, do you have a nickname? Can I just call you? No, you can call me by my name. This is my name. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you're like, look, I just want to pronounce your name correctly. Mm -hmm. Can you please tell me? Now, to be fair, if I don't see you in six months, I'm not going to have any idea what your name is. But that's mm -hmm. not just you. That's everybody that I'm going to meet now and six months later see again. <laughs> so, Same. Same. That's not personal. <laughs> Yeah, that's just me. And in case we were wondering, in Cameroon, it is currently 2.23 in the morning and 75 degrees Fahrenheit and foggy. Interesting. In uh, that town that I just looked up. And it's fall over there. Sinoska. Yeah. But yeah, I wish I had the ability to pick up language easier than I do. Well, if, if, if it was something that you had started on like you said younger because it's easier for younger folk if you had started then and kept it up but i think i think it just it just it's not just with age it's just we just get settled in our ways and we're used to saying stuff a certain way yeah. it's tricky to try to do it any other way and you're used to letters or a combination of letters making a certain sound and so when you see it in a different language your brain naturally wants to pronounce it in the sound you know, that we're, our brains are used to. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I know that people wouldn't necessarily hold that against me because I do try to make an effort to pronounce somebody's name correctly because I want people to pronounce my name correctly. Yeah. And it's just respectful. That's, that, that's, that's been my entire point every time. I see an argument about why why you make it such a big deal mispronouncing people's name. People's make mistake. Okay. It's 
any excuse that people can give to not make an effort, they'll give it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a mind lower to me, but hey. Yep, yep. Humans. Well, that should be our new slogan. Humans, how do we make it so long? <laughs> right? <laughs> that, that'd be a good t-shirt. But and um, speaking, yeah, uh, I hate to do this, but I think we need to go ahead and cut out the yeah. major thunderstorm is about to hit my house. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. And it's knocking out electricity and I don't want to lose this recording. So having said that, listening friends, thank you for joining us. It was a blast. This is a perfect demonstration of showing you how we are all more alike than we are different. Ha ha. Yep. Yep. Having said that, if you'd like to see us continue towards our ever loving goal, our continuing mission, please feel free to buy us at coffee.com hyperfocus pods. It's a website and tell your friends, like, share, comment, engage. It helps spread us across the universe. We love you. Thanks for tuning in. Goodbye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying the show, hit that like button and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Let us hear your feedback. You can find us on our website, podpage.com slash kenyatta-jack-save-the-world, on Instagram at K-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y-S-T-W, on Facebook, or you can email us at k.j.savetheworld at gmail.com. You can also find further information about our chosen charities at Service Dog Project at servicedogproject.org and Black Women's Health Initiative at bwhi.org. And because we always want you to be good to yourselves and others, if you or anyone you know needs help or support, please check out the resources provided by the American Psychological Association at apa.org slash topics slash crisis dash topics. Kenyatta and Jack Save the World is a production of Hyper Focus Podcast.